0: You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta and the community of Legends of Runeterra. This episode is supported by listeners like you. To become a supporter of Legends Cast, visit patreon.com/legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of Legends of Terra. I am one of your hosts, The Lift, or Mark from outside of Pittsburgh, PA. And with me, I have two incredible individuals tonight. I have my ever faithful and legendary co-host, Dead Broke Nerd. And with us this evening is uh, is the awesome and the incredible uh, returning guest, Silverfuse. Uh we'll start with Silverfuse. Silverfuse. How you doing tonight?
1: Hey, I'm doing really well.
0: You're gr- you're grinding. Silver's been silver's been grinding for months. Yeah, <laughs> like, lots of months. Like my mu- like like going on going on like eight months now grinding that YouTube scene. Yes. Yeah. It
1: is a pretty tough scene to grind, but it's been going pretty well overall. Um, yeah. It's it's not always the easiest.
0: <laughs> no, but we're glad to have you on the show, and thank you so much for coming back on. And uh you know, one of our the last episode that you were on was one of our most popular episodes, and so you know, we knew we really wanted to get you back on the show, and also because you know, you're from the Tesla days, so you know, a friend from Tesla uh, that that came to Runterra, like we we gotta stick we got to stick together still there's seems like we're getting picked off there's less and less of us every couple of months so oh, really? i've yeah.
1: been seeing some on youtube comments the people that i recognize
0: well that's good that's good yeah. that's good be,
2: maybe there's a there's a little bit of resurgence now that they've accepted the harsh truth that tesla
0: is dead the, the, chi- <laughs> the,
1: the, <laughs> the new expansion helps
2: the
0: Chinese client didn't resurrect anything for them. Uh, unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) didn't bring anything back to life, but DBN, how are you doing tonight?
2: Doing really good. I actually, uh, got to stream, uh, earlier today, uh, which was awesome. I mean, it's, it's this weird circumstance where I didn't, uh, I got home from work. I didn't have anything else going on. I didn't, you know, didn't have to work my second job. I didn't have, you know, buddies clamoring to play, uh, to play apex and so i was just kind of sitting here like well what do i do and i said you know i'll play some And then i sat down i said you know what i might as well boot up a stream if i'm just gonna sit here and and grind the ladder and it was really fun and kind of pulling up all the the different uh streaming stuff getting obs fired up figuring out how i did it back in the day (laughs) it was pretty it was pretty fun and then it was cool too because uh i started streaming and you know got to see some familiar faces coming in and and watching and you know chat with some people about the game played some cool decks which we'll talk about later not of my own design I was I decided to go ahead and study up for tonight's episode um so I will actually have some thoughts on the decks we're going to talk about and uh yeah no it's just it's just a great time overall and uh I'm I miss I re- didn't realize how much I missed it until today and uh I'm I think I'm going to have to start streaming again
0: Cool. That's well, that's good. You know, man, you were one of my favorite uh streamers back in the Tesla days because you played the slow jazz beats. And uh <laughs> and I would I would come to the stream and just keep it up in the background of my work computer while I was working a lot of mornings and just listen to the jazz music. It helped helped relax me, get me up to date on what was going on in Tesla. So I came to the stream today, but I was a little disappointed I didn't hear the jazz <laughs> tunes, man. Um
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I, that is definitely in the works to get that back going. I just need to make sure that when I put together a playlist, I'm not copyright infringing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's makes uh, life hard. <laughs> it's a very dangerous thing to be uh, to have going on, especially if I want to be able to pull some of the cool games from the stream, which I had a couple really cool ones uh, today, and get them on YouTube. So, uh, if I want to double dip in that case, I need to make sure I. I'm not violating uh, uh, music
0: legislature. Sure. Yeah, YouTube will flag that. Uh, mm-hmm. Silver, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, I, hopefully, I think this is like your third or fourth time on the show. You're officially the most frequent guest that Legends Cast has had, um, both through our Tesla days and into our days of Legends of Runeterra. Um, but there are probably some folks who are starting to listen to the show now because the Target expansion came out. Maybe they saw, uh, I think yesterday, Riot did kind of like a spotlight where they talked about the future of things and highlighted uh, the Legends of Runeterra new expansion. Maybe there's some new people who are searching for content. Maybe they haven't listened to some of our past episodes with you on it. Um, so tell us a little bit about you know your gaming pedigree and uh, what brought you to card games and Legends of Runeterra specifically.
1: Well, first off, hi everyone. And if you're new, welcome to the show. It's a great one. Um, I started playing video games when I was really young from like uh, I'm talking like kindergarten or so and my dad later gave me like a Game Boy Advance and onto a PS2 so really grew up loving games and then when I was 16 I started playing League of Legends and that's where pretty much everything after that online gaming started and during that time a lot of the League of Legends streamers were playing Hearthstone and of course then when it came into the beta I got into Hearthstone and started playing that quite a bit. Uh, got a little bit tired of it at one point from a few decks that I found really irritating, and I found Tussle on Twitch, and I started playing and streaming that a lot. I had been playing games like PUBG and Overwatch. I streamed those, and then Tussle things started growing, and I was really loving the game. I still love the game. It's a close spot in my heart, even if it's dead now, and grew into that community. And, uh, you know, next thing was after Tussle died, Saw L O R was coming out, decided to give it a try and have loved it since then too. So mostly played Hearthstone or played uh Hearthstone for about two and a half years and then Tussle for a little over two years as well. So that's where my CCG background comes from. I haven't played Magic before, which is something that pretty much everyone in CCG seems like magic tabletop magic is where they started, but I'm not one of those people. <laughs> But, yeah, that's generally where my thoughts uh, on CCGs and stuff come from. And, yeah, it's not too much more besides that, besides I've been making content for the last three and a half years or so on Twitch and YouTube.
0: Yeah, awesome. And and you've been a, a a steadily growing YouTuber for LOR kind of since beta. I mean, I remember, you know, us talking, looking at your analytics even back you know, as as early as, you know, February, um, you know, yeah, I, January, February, beginning of March as as things, you know, really kind of started taking off for you. And so uh, tell us about your YouTube and kind of like what do you what do you specialize in? How often do you put out videos? Um, you know, what do you what are you doing over there?
1: Um, well, obviously I used to make YouTube videos for Tesla, which I kind of did a mix of competitive and also like off meta decks. And after Tesla died, my channel started going, it, I lost a lot of subs and stuff and it went downhill pretty quickly. Um, and then once I started doing content for LOR, I was lucky to get a hundred views. Like that was like a breaking point where I was really excited about a video that it got a hundred views to it. And then it slowly kind of started growing where like, I would get up to like 200 views and that was really exciting. And then when the game was fully released in April, I started getting a 1,000 views of video, and I was so excited about it. It was just a 1,000 views that was, like, amazing to me. Um, Even, like, the 100 were. And since then, I've been grinding. I do videos every single day. <laughs> um, I think I started every single day in May, and I do mostly meme and off meta decks. I, every once in a while, I'll do competitive decks to help people climb, because, you know, there's a point where... People will want to climb still, even if they like their good old meme decks. So I build my own decks for the most part. If I don't, I credit whoever did. But I just like to do funny combos and make uh, just really fun interactions. Like today's video, I did Singular Will in Yasuo, where I played Singular Will in Yasuo and watched him destroy the entire Demacian board in Lulu. It was the greatest thing ever.
0: Yeah, I, that actually got used against me one time. It's not. It's not fantastic. So we gotta have an idea of what you're playing. But what a you, uh, you know what was the deck or what were what you been playing like since since Targan released? What were you most excited for um, with the release of the Targon expansion?
1: I was mostly excited for early in soul. And then also Tarik as well, just because I think Tark is such a neat design. The fact that there's just so many different things that you can play on him and try on him. I feel like it opens so many opportunities for cool deck building experiences, which was something I was super excited about. And the invoke mechanic, I think, is fantastic. It's very skill testing, but also has like a limited pool. So the RNG is not over the top. It's like the perfect amount where games are different, but it's also very skill intensive, too. So I was just—I've I really liked this expansion.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've played a lot of Invoke uh this, this past week. But DBN, tell us, man, what have you been playing in uh in LOR this week? You know what what is what has really been making you happy?
2: Um, <clears throat> I guess I'd say probably it's just Leona. Just just, just Leona a, still. Just Last week was Leona of... still Leona. Look, man. Uh, sometimes you just fall in love with a strategy. And every variant of that strategy. And I tell you what, um, at least right now, although this did change a little bit today because I did some experimentation, but I don't want to go too far in depth because we'll talk about it again later. Sure. So I I moved away from just like strictly mid-range Leona stuff. Good. But I really like Leona in like every single form. And Daybreak is like, I think just speaks to me as a archetype, as a play style it just fits what I the way I like to play, you know.
1: It's satisfying.
2: Yeah. It is. it is, and it's proactive. You know, like largely very proactive. Like you want to play something, and you have to make that decision: Do I want to open swing, or do I want to get that day break down, drop a stun first? What are they going to play after that? How am I going to be ready for it? Just a lot of, you know, decisions to make, and just yeah, I I'm really uh, I'm all about it.
0: There's a lot about Daybreak that involves sort of the passing of the turns back and forth mm-hmm. that makes it very interesting. Um, and uh, and I, I've enjoyed that as well. So this week in Tessel, I decided that my goal in Season 3 is to hit Challenger. Is that the, is that the top one, Silver? Challenger's it, right? Yeah, yeah? okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like- I, we don't have a Challenger rank yet. I I assume that they will in the future, but at the time it's Master's
0: rank. Oh Oh, it's Master's. Mm-hmm. See, I can never, I can never even remember. Um, So the goal is masters. This, this season is masters for me. So I got, you know, I had to get sweaty with the ladder. I had to, I had to, I had to be serious with it. So uh, we went uh, Quinn MF uh, scout. And as it turns out, again, in the rank that I was at silver and gold, uh, Quinn MF Scout is just ridiculous. Uh, I went from, I, I think I went from, uh, I went from gold four, the bottom of gold four to gold two without losing a single game um, with Quinn MF Scouts a couple of days ago. Um, just, we just obliterated the ladder at, at where I'm at right now. Um, and so I, and then I had to get ready for the, 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 the episode and I knew that we were going to be talking about some other cards. So I shifted over to Leona, uh, Aurelian Soul and uh and played the crap out of that like the last two days and i'll talk a little bit about that probably like at the meta point but i i snagged this deck that was on the meta snapshot that we're going to look at today and was not happy with it and uh i finally found one that i i am happy with and i've been climbing i made some like slight changes and variations to to the meta deck that we're going to be looking at today um, but, uh, yeah, that the, the, I will say this, Aurelian Soul is a lot of fun. I had gotten one in, like, my first champion batch, and then, uh, and then I crafted the other two, so I'm with you, Silver. Uh, I have thought from the beginning, I mean, I love Discover and Hearthstone, i thought from the beginning that the, uh, the, the Invoke thing was, was a really cool idea. I thought it was awesome.
1: Yeah, and... Yeah, I like Discover and Hearthstone as well. I thought it was a pretty good mix. And this is even a smaller pool in most cases, which I think is good for uh, the skill as well, where it's a good mix of changing up the game while adding skill to it as well.
0: Absolutely limited randomness, limited R. I mean, we come to digital games because of the RNG. And so lim- maybe not because of it, maybe because of ease of play, but RNG is definitely one of the really cool uh, elements that can be added to the game because it's digital. Um, and so you have that and you got it, you got to use it. It's just, it's a really powerful tool. You just have to figure out how to use it well. And I think that invoke is a pretty good example of it being used well, at least thus far, um, have, have really, really, uh, really have found it like quite rewarding um but we have a couple of announcements to make uh i I believe um and uh we want to make sure that we you know make make sure that we cover those things and then tonight we have a great show for you so we're going to be looking at a meta snapshot and that's one of the main reasons that we have silver on she is our resident expert in everything meta when it comes to legends of runeterra did you know that silver
1: Yes, I think you told me before.
0: (laughs) Yes, you are our ex, our our expert. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so she's gonna she's gonna shed light and show us exactly how everything everything works. Um, so we're we're really we're really excited for that. And then we are going to do our champion spotlight. Originally, we were going to do the champion spotlight on uh on leona but we talked so much about her last week we decided to do a champion spotlight on aurelian soul but the first thing i want to do is i want to thank our patrons thank you so much patrons for supporting us um i want to specifically uh thanks anthony p and jamie g who i believe are both new since last week which is awesome so anthony p Jamie G., thank you so much for supporting the show. I want to say thank you to all of our patrons over there at patreon.com slash legendscast. If you want to support the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Every month we do a drawing from our list of patrons to decide who we're going to send this legendary and awesome Legends Cast hat to. Um, And so if you want to be in the drawing for that, hey, decide, you know, go over there and throw us one quarter an episode. Uh, That's a dollar a month. Throw a dollar a month our way. It goes a long way to support us and encourage us um and uh if enough of you throw a dollar this way it makes a big difference so go throw a dollar that and we'll, we'll put you in the drawing um for a hat each month so uh yeah so go over to patreon.com slash legendscast or click it in the description of the episode and um you can you know go and go and visit there and become one of our supporters once again thank you anthony p and jamie g uh the other thing is we have some announcements about the legendscast discord league don't we dbn That we do,
2: that we do, yes. Uh, So it has been uh, a long trek. We've had many people uh, playing and uh, really, I think, having a really good time in our Discord League. But it has come to an end. Um, Some really interesting things happened. Um, So for those of you guys who are not aware how we were working this uh, format, basically. you had group play. So kind of like formatted kind of like the soccer FIFA World Cup, right? So you had group play and you know you play against everybody in a group and then we cut to a bracket. Well, at one point somebody dropped from the group play, and it's just not as much fun, you know, when when somebody drops from group play. Sure. It's just not as much fun. Mm-mm. Um, and so we said, you know what, let's let's do something cool um and let's make sure that those people in that group don't have to get a buy every round and so uh mark jumped in to fill that slot yeah and i said you know what there are some really skilled players in our group not saying that mark isn't a very skilled player because we all know he is uh, but i said you know the odds are you know there's a lot of good people in, in that group mark you know, will Mark, get it, mark will get eliminated. won't
0: Mark probably won't make it. Mark is barely a gold player. There are,
2: there are, uh, there there are ma- master masters players. level mm-hmm. players. I'm like, this is going to be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be
0: fine. Because what we didn't want is, you know, to win our own league. Yeah. Cause that would seem like garbage. Uh, that would seem like garbage. That would seem like, that would appear to be garbage.
2: And yet, <laughs> and yet, <laughs> what happened? Mark, swept the group stage, went to the went to the bracket and won all his bracket games and now is in the finals.
0: <laughs> I felt so I was playing some pretty jank stuff too. I I got real lucky. I got pretty <laughs> so, lucky.
2: <laughs> so, we now have <clears throat> the finals between Mark and Static Sheep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and that game is going to happen on Friday. Yep. And we are going to stream it on my channel, twitch.tv slash dead broke nerd, now that I finally dusted it off. Um and yeah, so a couple things. So uh, first off, 10 PM. We Yeah, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can watch. We're just going to do that match, and then I might hang out for a little bit afterwards and play some games. Maybe Mark and I will scrim each other or something. It'll be fun. Um, And then after that, uh, we will have our winner. But if, for some reason, Mark does, in fact, win, which I have have often threatened that if Mark won, we're never doing this again. No,
0: we have to keep doing it. It's so much fun.
2: (laughs) But if Mark wins... Uh, it doesn't matter. We are still going to give that first place prize and all of the, uh, and a guest spot, or at least an offer for a guest spot on the show to Static Sheep, yep. who is the opponent in the final. So, one way or the other, Static Sheep, regardless of the outcome of the match, will be the winner of the Legends Cast Discord League. But is there going to be an asterisk? Well, you can only find out. You can only find out by coming in and watching it on Friday. Um, so, you guys should get this released on Friday morning. Hopefully, you listen to it on the day it's released so you can know to go over there and check it out. We will also have details in the Discord page if you uh, forget. Um, yes. So, that's happening. Um, so, Static Sheep will have won a Legends Cast Discord uh, League hat. They'll have a hat for them, the snapback fancy ones that Mark usually demonstrates and might even be doing right now. I don't know. I don't have the Twitch page up. Yeah. Um, so nice. There's also going to be a small, uh, I guess not cash prize, but a Google Play uh, certificate thingy so that you can go and buy all those sick cosmetics or buy some legendaries or whatever. Heck yeah. Uh, and then the second place prize will go to Bushiba, mm-hmm. uh, who was the third place player and is now the second place player. Uh, and then I believe we're also going to give a small prize out to our EU uh bracket champion who i i believe we can't tell who it is we we, can't we we, we're not entirely sure on the results of the match because we can't find where it's written but it was either himmix with two x's Uh uh, or downswing both two very good players so one of those two once we sort out who was the actual winner uh will get a uh get a small prize as well we will be announcing the next discord league details sometime in September and I'm hoping yeah. to start it in October. Sorry about the delay. We are changing the format so we can hopefully make sure things end on time next uh next go round. Sure. Uh, as well as creating a slightly different format that hopefully will be beneficial to everyone uh and uh, maybe even do some not overwhelming but slight deck building restrictions so uh we can both reward the creative deck builders and the meta players but also allow some of the uh just just allow some diverse options and so not just all meta but also not just all memeing. we want to get a nice balance and we're going to be having a meeting amongst the league admin as well as some of the players uh maybe we'll even get static sheep in there to give some uh, thoughts on it but uh bottom line is we will be toying around with the format and we will announce those
0: details uh sometime this month Absolutely. So congratulations to Static Sheep. I think what happened was Downswing actually won the group stage, uh, had the best record out of the group stage in the EU. But then because there never became cross-shard like we thought there was going to be, he was going to play for Bragging Rights, the best NA player, um, the champion of the NA bracket. But because that never happened, he just played the person with the second best record in EU coming out of groups, and, uh, and w- which was Hemix, who he ended up losing to in sort of like their own little champion so they're both they're both kind of they're, they're both, both kind champions. of winners they're both they're both champions and i have to bring this up because i didn't realize this i noticed we had two new patrons but aaron h edited their pledge at some point and doubled it uh and Woo! is currently our 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 champion they at 20 dollars a month is the highest pledge that legends cast has so thank you aaron h you are incredible thank you so much uh for your support, um, yeah, you the the biggest fan, Aaron H, biggest fan of Legends Cast right now, financially, awesome. financially the biggest.
2: Uh, <laughs> the biggest. Well, well I, that, that's what it's all about money. It's all about the money, money, yeah. money.
0: So <laughs> we're in the wrong uh. job if it's all about the money. Guys. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, uh, in the wrong, in the wrong thing. Well, that's gonna do it for announcements. I think we covered everything that we had announced That's the league and the thank yous and everything. So why don't we go ahead and jump on over? And talk about the meta. Okay, guys. So the meta report that we're going to be looking at has most has kind of recently come out. I think it's the first one they've put out, if if I'm right, from Team Leviathan Gaming. Uh, I don't know. I really am not familiar with this with this uh, with this group. Uh, Silver or DBN, are either of you familiar with Team Leviathan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. they're respectable
1: yeah they got a lot of great players on their team mm-hmm.
0: it's a good thing that i picked uh a respectable meta report to look at <laughs> well i mean yeah. <laughs> but- <laughs> yeah, yes <laughs> that's good that's good um do you i figured we can we can like go through them and then and then just take a minute or a couple of minutes and, and you know talk about each deck and kind of i I haven't played all of them, Silver. You probably have a lot more experience playing against these. Do both of you guys have that meta report pulled up? Yeah, I do. Okay, awesome. Um, yes, Silver. Do you wanna do you wanna take us uh, through uh, like the each deck real quick and just just tell us you know the champs in it and and you know right. what its point is.
1: Sure. So first deck we have is Nocturne and Diana, which is using the Nightfall mechanic. And this is one that you've probably seen quite a bit. Nick Makes Plays got number one with this on the NA Ladder earlier when a lot of people were saying how bad Knife is and he wanted to show them wrong. And this deck has, I've watched him play it quite a bit. It has a much higher skill level, like skill ceiling than you would think. Um, it's really interesting list, and they have that listed. Next one is our classic Swain, Twisted Fate, which we've all seen before. Not much more to talk about this. Rift Tide Rex is one heck... a card as well as Leviathan Swain combo, a game finisher that we see quite often. And then one of the newer ones is Aurelion Soul in Leona, something that a lot of people were playing on day one where we have the Invoke cards and then we have the late game Aurelion Soul. Not too much, I mean, I would assume that pretty much everyone's seen this at this point. It's a very, very popular deck on ladder. After that is Leona and Diana. This is kind of a night and day deck, and i built one very similar to this. It focuses a little bit more on the daybreak than the night, but it is a really good mid-range list, and I feel like it will continue to get better as the meta keeps shaping. After that, Aurelian Soul, and Trundle, another day one favorite that a lot of people were playing, and this one is a ramp deck. So, ramp first, ask questions later, where we have Trundle often coming down on turn four due to the ramp of weirding stones or a catalyst on um, turn three. And then after that, early and soul is used to finish out the game, often paired with things like infinite mind splitter and star shaping.
0: Oh, yeah. Misfortune
1: Scouts is the classic one. It's not only good in gold as. <laughs> As you were mentioning earlier, Lift, but it is actually good all the way around, and some people are even considering it to be the best deck in the game right now. Genevieve is an insanely powerful card, and the Aggression is able to take down the more greedy Aurelian Soul decks while still doing well against the other mid-range lists as well. Real Enlist Pursuit is also pretty nuts in that list as well. Lulu Shin is one of the new lists. Lulu is a very powerful new card that we have. The buffs that it gives along with the support creatures and challenger creatures such as Sleepfeather Tracker and the War Chefs as well and the it made Laurent Protege playable again. All of a sudden that has become a pretty popular card due to the challenger that it offers. This is very similar to the Scout's except it utilizes support in Lulu and Shin Aggression rather than the scouts being able to use Misfortune as well as the rallies that it has. After that, uh, Ezreal Targon. Personally, I don't quite agree with this list. After the stats came out, it has a 45% win rate according to the mobilitic stats, which is much lower than you would expect. I'm sure it's still getting refined, though. But the it's, it runs three hush, which the meta is adapting to hush pretty quickly right now. Where hush is becoming less of a good card. Uh, Ezreal though, we will keep on seeing him as he's very strong. I think the Ezreal Carmelist is still stronger than the Ezreal Targon, and then there's also other Ezreal lists as well. Still a very strong card that we'll see until that gets changed in the near future. Lee Sin combo, personally, one of my favorite ones is you are using gems on Leeson to be able to finish the game and Tark can make him immortal or buff him. Either way, Zenith Blade has been huge in this deck as it gives Leeson Overwhelm, which allows him to finish the games by kicking a unit away while attacking through due to the overwhelm. Uh, it's really fun as long as you don't get hushed. <laughs> mm. And mm. then the final one that we've all uh, seen this one a lot is Ash Ashen Sagewani. still a very strong deck despite the nerf to Trifarian Assessor going to a five cost. Oftentimes on ladder that wasn't as meaningful where in tournaments the Triferian Assessor ended up being pretty impactful. But on ladder, because of the high tempo that Ash 20 offers, most of the time you don't even have to play the Triferian Assessor to win. And this version that they have is running Captain Farron as well to in the games against the more control heavy lists that we are seeing on ladder right now.
0: Awesome. Yeah, lots of lots of stuff here. Um DBN, you were you said you were playing around with a couple of these decks, so I have been yes. as well. Which ones have you been messing around with?
2: Um, So today I've messed with three. Okay, um, okay. So I've played, I mean, I've played Swain TF. I've played Ash Sejuani. I mean, that's, not none of that's changed. Uh, <laughs> um, I played uh, Aurelian Soul and Leona quite a bit today. I think that's a very, very strong deck. Um, I played um mf scouts in fact uh if i'm being completely honest i just played a game with that uh about five minutes ago like as we podcast. were recording
0: that's good yes. yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, and i've played Tarek and lee sen um so those are the ones that i've played i've not touched ezreal with targon i've not touched lulu at all um and i haven't messed with trundle but um yeah no i i've played against a lot of them you know, the thing is, um, oh, and the other thing I haven't touched, but I really want to is Diana and da- Diana in general. I have so many ideas about what to do with Diana, and it's kind of overwhelming me, so I haven't even actually done it. Um, <laughs> but uh, Nocturne Diana looks really fun too. The cool thing is, I-, I do feel like there's a pretty big diversity in this list, so and I do feel like there is. I've heard a lot of voiced frustration about like what decks are really strong, what decks are a little bit weaker. I think there is some um, truth to the matter of like Targon has seemed to hit pretty strong, like right out the gate, you know, and I think a lot of the decks that were maybe like tier two or fringe decks from the old meta have been kind of pushed out. Uh, or at least, so it seems to me, and and so, if you may have some more thoughts on why that is, or maybe it isn't. Um, but that's just kind of the read that I've made on it, and it also has to do with, yeah, like eventually we'll see some settling, like back into old strategies, um, but they're definitely challenged in, a, like, very heavily challenged in new ways by, uh, I think, one invoke just being a massive toolbox, being able to handle a lot of different things and find different answers um i think hush has had a massive impact on this game um and i think that that's featuring really heavily in why targon is performing so well is is the ability to play hush and and especially because it generates copies which obviously i mean anyone who's been playing knows goes great with like spacey sketcher to keep that invoke train rolling um but also just to be able to silence multiple things in a turn um remove buffs when people are swinging with a wider board. state. there's just a lot of ways to deal with things. So, um I mean I have thoughts on the individual lists which we if we want to go through them we can, but I just think um I think there's a lot of different ways to play, but a lot of them feature Targon.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was actually my was going to be my first silver like this was my first question for you. Targon, is it popular or is it overtuned?
1: popular for sure. I don't think there's a single true tier one target deck right now. I think this really? list is a few things too. Like uh Gangplank Sagewani is really strong right now. And this uh is. Hyper Aggro is very good as well.
0: Which Hyper Agro deck?
1: Um Hyper like, Agro Endure. Not- they who endure with just the oh, roll yeah. SI cards and then uh stalking shadows Doom Beast is absolutely nuts.
2: Hmm. now that's something that's kind of been more developed over the last day or two right like that's some newer
1: yeah that's actually yeah. i'm you can say i'm biased on it but i uh wrote an article with Precipic about this deck uh, he mm. tuned it very very well and i mean i took it to a ladder and just i mean i'm climbed from plat two to diamond four with ease it was just not even close it was so easy <laughs> it's yeah. uh, pretty nuts and even with things like people are like well what about hush what about equinox and you know stuff like that but the reality is is that you just play the ephemeral and attack with that and then they have to use their hush and then yeah they can't do anything or your high tempo from all the si cards that they don't have the time to play hush or else they're just dying to your four threes and your blighted caretaker you know pulling everything away and i mean blighted caretaker is such a nuts card too so yeah That's uh but the reason I say that I think Targon is it's new, it's fun, it's skill testing, it gave us a giant uh celestial dragon that creates even more celestial dragons that can be zero cost and living legends is so satisfying to play. But and I would say Daybreak is actually pretty strong too. It's uh probably stronger than uh what people are still rating it as. Just uh, the stats stats on curve in this game is still very good we see Amazing. that with demacia and we see that with targum i think early in soul as far as people saying how good it is is a bit overrated and that's why we are seeing these mid-range decks kind of have this resurgence in the meta we're seeing the swain tf the they who endure the gangplank sage the ash sage wani sage is just very good against a lot of these decks in general and it is, uh, the triangle in this game is very similar to Tessel, where control beats aggro, and then mid-range beats control, and that's why we're seeing all these mid-range decks really take place, because they just smack down the Targon decks, and Targon doesn't have the interaction that the other decks get, mm-hmm. to. They have Hush, and that's about it. I mean, like, Demacia even has, you know, it has single combat, and there's removals in SI, although SI is not very representative right now, but the, uh art has the freezes. And then I think Riptide Rex is just still such an insane card. It's really hard for a lot of things to deal with.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say the biggest issue I found with Targon, even in these pretty good and and you know, um where things land uh, is just all up in the air. I, I definitely and we're gonna get into Aurelian Soul in a little more more detail. Um uh, like in the next segment, but mm-hmm. I definitely agree with the idea that like this is a very uh, popular um, list. But I I definitely think that Targon is going to be sticking around in tier one, um, based on the and I don't think it's going to be in this format like in what in these decks that we're seeing specifically here. Um, but I mean, just the raw power a of Hush, yes. Um, but I also think that the Daybreak package can just kind of be slapped into a lot of different things as a way to secure or at least stall out the early game in a really effective way Um, because like these creatures both double as big stat blocks that they have to chew through that enemies have to chew through or to kind of like trade with you know a mid-range deck but then later in the game they also serve a like raven as like resource generation Leona with them, and, and Solari Priestess, also resource generation. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds in that you can slap them into a mid-range deck or control deck, um, and they're equally valuable, and they do exactly what you want as a package. And so the, the strength of, I think, Daybreak is a package um, that can be paired with a lot of different things. And then, of course, Invoke as a kind of later game resource generation strategy. Um, I, I just I, I can't see that not sticking around. Now, I don't know about, like, Diana, um, because I haven't really played it, and I do definitely agree about your thoughts on Aurelian Soul, um, because, in short, and we'll talk more in detail, I, I I definitely agree. I think it's overrated. I think it's cool, but how many times has it sat in the hand and you've been like, "Well, I could play something." Something else, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and a lot of times, like, you're invoking all these cards and you have all these choices.
1: <laughs> well, generally, if you have enough time to play a 10-mana, ten, a ten 10-10, ten, yeah. ten, that's technically a do-nothing card. Like, yeah, you get a Celestial, but it's not like clearing something on your opponent's board. Right. Usually, you've already won the game unless you're in the mirror.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and and Rex is definitely still just a massive... Uh, headache for any of these decks you know partially because and i ran into this myself i was playing uh, the only game that i lost when i played uh leona and aurelian soul which by the way performed really well against a wide swath of decks i felt like it was i mean i i beat um a ash sejuani i've beaten a uh, the gang uh, gangplank sejuani as well um, but I, I think that uh, the only one I lost to was uh, uh, Swain and TF, and it was due to like double Riptide Rex. And I was thinking about the reason why I lost to it, right? Because um, Riptide Rex was a problem, right? Sure. Um, and I knew it was upcoming. The issue was I had to keep letting my creatures trade in uh, with the you know kind of the aggressive front they were putting up. And what ended up happening was I um, was unable to keep building a board that was big enough and beefy enough to, like, take all of the hits from Riptide Rex and then refill, right? Instead, I, like, had just enough where the Riptide Rex came down and cleared everything. Nothing really lived um and so he just i mean that flip of momentum and then of course they Tide Rex me a second time on the next turn uh and you know when that happens what can you do uh but i think even with even with the first Tide Rex, like kind of going off of what silver said there's like no removal <laughs> in targon <No. laughs> and the removal they do have is so overpriced and i think that's good from a balance perspective i mean if you're having this massive resource generation like uh, and the only kind of control elements you really have is like the stunning off of like daybreak, so to speak, you know. Um, and of course, you do have like the silencing and stuff. And I I love that from a like a mechanics perspective and from a balance perspective. Like, hey, look, this 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 faction does a lot, but just dealing damage and pinging off things is that's not it. But I I've got to imagine that there's a build in here uh, with like bilge water or with P and Z that will really really shine. I mean, I guess there is that. Um, Targon, uh, Ezreal and Vilas, which which will be interesting to,
0: to see. I haven't played it or had it played against me i've lost to it uh so let me tell you let me tell you a crazy story about a game that i played today so i uh, i played leona aurelian soul and i actually played this list that's on here i'll have to admit i didn't like it i dropped behold the infinite pale cascade and troll chant didn't really ever find much use for any of those cards and instead i dropped in uh, a few more cards uh I think the 2-1 the from Freljord that draws one when it dies, um, and a couple of other things that could interact with some fearsome stuff, um, and then some slightly more expensive removal, because this deck literally goes from 1 to 5, and then nothing from 5 to 10. And I was like, uh, like, I I'm I'm losing the game between rounds five and ten. I can't get to aurelian soul. But I did have one game where I got a leveled up Irelian soul on the board. I was at like five life, and they had a board. I only had a couple of creatures. They just couldn't kill me in one hit. And I leveled up a Soul, and in my hand were two cards. That read if you have another celestial card obliterate two and three cards that read obliterate one so i was literally able to get rid of seven obliterate seven creatures on his turn i just uh, he kept playing creatures i obliterated seven creatures in one turn and he surrendered it was it's because they're all free because aurelian soul was leveled up it was amazing it was absolutely it was it was so much fun it was wild. So I played uh, my. So my, you know my take on this is MF Scouts is like super strong. It it's yeah. very 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 strong. Um, and if you want to level, if you want to rank up quick, like that's that's definitely a good way to go. Um, I play Le- Leona Aurelian Soul. It's it's good. It's not amazing. I'll be honest with you. Um, I think that it's tier two. Maybe not. Maybe isn't. Maybe it's not even that. I'm not real sure. Um, it just seems like they took two things that should be good. They they threw them together. Um, I think that the Trundle Aurelian Soul deck is better, in my opinion, than Leona Aurelian Soul. I know that that's probably not a popular opinion, but the times that I've played against it, I just feel like Trundle Aurelian Soul sort of has a direction that it wants to go in, and it goes only in that direction. I feel like Leona Aurelian Souls oftentimes kind of split. A lot of times I've won the game simply because of Daybreak and stuff, and I, yeah. I've never gotten to Aurelian Soul. That, I really re-
1: agree with that assessment. Yeah,
2: <laughs> no, I,
0: really I no, mean, agree with that. That's a really good point, and I I
2: agree with it as well. I think that like I played, I guess like seven matches or so with that list today. Maybe a little less than maybe like five or six. Um, only lost one, but even in the games I won, uh, I only played a Soul one time, and I was on autopilot when I knew the game was in, was already won, and they were uh and they were just drawing out like they. My opponent probably should have conceded like three or four turns before, right? I think um. I think the deck, and this one that I was playing, the one that's on the list that we're looking at, uh, was running um, frailyord right with mm-hmm. kindly tavern keeper and troll chant. Yeah, um, so that you could get the allegiance off a of mountain squire. All of that felt really good. You know, <laughs> like troll chant by the way feels really good with daybreak because you just got a lot of creatures that just want to keep those beefy stats around. Pale cascade feels good, um, but I-, I think like you could have put. A different like top end threat that comes online earlier. I could have taken Aurelian Soul, axed it, and put three Sedjuani in, it would have been a better deck. Yeah, that's you know, that's probably
0: real true. Mm -hmm. So uh uh Silver, I gotta ask you, where is where is Deep in this? Like Deep was a tier two-ish deck. It sort of had a counter to some decks that had like long-term inevitability in them. It was saying, like, nope, you gotta deal with me before that because I'm gonna go off on turn seven or eight. And it has seemed to completely disappear. In your opinion, and I tried to play it; it's not. It, it wasn't working for me. Why is that? What happened to it?
1: Um, it's really hard for me to say because I haven't played it myself, so I don't want to say, "Oh, this is why" or "That's why." I I think part of it right now is because a really Souls value like generation is pretty strong. However, I think it would kind of depend on how deep is built right now, because there's two different ways of playing deep. It's uh, You play it as a controlist and you don't really play things like where are the depths and stuff like that, where you're trying to play Nautilus on curve and then just, uh, you know, get a giant board of sea monsters, because then things are just going to get obliterated in a lot of cases is what I'm assuming happens. Um, I feel like more of the high like mill version, though, could still be pretty decent. It's really hard to say without playing it, but I think as soon um, as the meta starts to settle a little bit more and we see less uh, really in soul, I assume that it goes back to getting better. It's really good against misfortune scouts. So I feel like it'd be decent right now for that reason. And it's pretty decent against aggro too. It's, hard for me to really assess it though without playing it i would assume it's still like a tier two deck i don't think it's like gone or by any means but it's also old so like why would you play that when you can play <laughs> aurelian um aurelian soul stuff it also does well against Ashtray twenty 22 so like those decks mm-hmm. are popping up right now these mid-range lists and deep does very well against those mid-range lists mm-hmm. so i assume that it will make a resurgence
2: hmm. okay i've run into
0: a little bit of deep but I, I mean, have not
2: in those games. I was playing aggro, and I stomped it. So
0: well, you guys. <laughs> I, I know that you played Taric Lee Sin, and uh, yes. Silver. You said this is like your favorite deck. Um, DBN, tell me about your experience with it, and then Silver. I want to hear why it's like your favorite deck right now because I'm I'm curious because this is one I really want to play because I love Lee Sin.
1: I really like it. It's not my favorite deck, but I I like it a lot.
0: Oh, okay, not your it, favorite deck. My bad.
2: Yeah. No, nah, yeah this this deck is really really fun um i i've only played three games with it, maybe four uh no three games i went two and one okay pretty cool and the game that i lost i think it's actually pretty decent um the game that i lost i i just i got aggroed and i just had a really really clunky early game hand i still almost stabilized uh i had the dragon like they had li- literally uh exact lethal um and then they were out of cards. Like, they top-decked a, uh, uh, what is the, uh, Saboteur. Legion mm. Saboteur. Um, so, I mean, they literally had Exact Lethal. Um, although I will say, I do want to, like, slightly pat myself on the back, but that uh, I it, I got beat by that 3-mana, three 3-2 three, Shadow Isles card that uh, drains 2 from the Nexus. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that card's good. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, card's good. I know. I think- Yep. I, I ragged on it. I said it was crap. Yeah. I was wrong. See, I, I, I let you oh, and Jeth off good. <laughs> I let you and Jeff off the hook for Mentor of Stones uh last week, but I'm not letting you off the yeah. hook for this uh for this nightfall. Drain two from the both Nexus. Of them
1: were bad? Oh,
2: <laughs> oh
0: no. Yeah, I just wasn't the, impressed.
1: Those are the two of the most insane cards in the expansion. <laughs> well, I didn't
0: realize that—that that it had been very clearly told to me that Mentor of the Stones buff stays around, and I didn't—I oh, didn't realize yeah. that until it happened to me the first time. Even though DBN made it clear to me that it does, I didn't listen to him,
2: <laughs>
0: and I yeah. wasn't impressed by it. Now yeah. now I'm more yeah. impressed by it.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and is, is it Doom Beast? Is that what it's called?
0: Yeah, yeah. Jeff yes. is saying I, I thought Doom Beast was really bad and I was wrong.
2: Yeah. It's the yeah. game <laughs> where Reach is so good, you thought Doom Reach. Beast was bad. Reach oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, no. Anyways, uh back to Tarek Leeson. Um, uh, this is pretty this is just pretty sick. I mean, obviously, like if if you don't know how this deck works, basically this Tarek stuff all the gym stuff is spells that you can play before you swing with Lisa. But you can also play it with Tarek, start keeping your things buff because you're generating all these free things. I have the dragon is even more nuts than normal. Um, Bastion can protect your guys like Hush can replicate. And that's how you get, you just have so many cards in your hand. (laughs) It's amazing. Uh, and a lot of the creatures will generate cards for you then to use. So, um, yeah I mean if you've played one Lee end deck, you've kinda played them all, but this is a really cool way to generate those spells,
1: well, you also have Spacey Sketcher, <clears throat> which is just an insane toolbox card,
2: oh yeah,
1: that card is just nuts, and you're throwing usually you're just throwing away a gem too, so it's essentially getting card advantage,
2: <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah and, and like because you're yeah throwing away gem or throwing away one of the fleeting copies of Hush, like just spacey Sketcher is. And then you can go and pick up a, another spell, like the zero mana spell that discounts something or whatever. Like, yeah, it's at just...
1: least an activator sometimes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, do, do you play Arbiter of the Peak in your build, um, Silver? Uh,
1: I did not play it in my build. If I were to, it would be a one of. I think it's fine to play. I definitely don't think it's a 3 of. I think that's a bit clunky. Um, yeah. I do think the other cards generally play them all. Um, yeah, I think just Spacey Sketcher is pretty nuts. I think Pale Cascade is just a freaking insane card, too. Yeah, we're still, it's
2: so good. Like
1: I mean, it's, it's just nuts. But I did yeah, call that I being nuts be from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, a two-mana draw with nice. a combat trick, I mean, does it get any better? Yeah.
0: <laughs> not much. It's very, very strong.
2: Yeah. I will say, I think I slept a little on Zenith Blade, um, and I originally was not super pleased with it not replicating endlessly, but then I realized that it thins your deck. Um yep. and then I realized that giving overwhelm to things is not a- as easy as you might think. Nope. And so now there's another faction that can hand out overwhelm pretty affordably and it the overwhelm sticks. It is. The fact uh, that it stays. Yep. Yeah. it's and it's also like a plus one plus two. In this case I feel like is better than a plus two plus one because it sticks yep. around. Yep like yeah so zenith blade has definitely been an overperformer in my estimation and i never thought it was going to be completely bad but you look at a slow speed buff and you're like hmm but this one it's pretty nice and i i uh i mean obviously it's really good when you slap it on Tarek and then Tarek slaps it on somebody else <laughs>
1: it's great with dragons too
2: hmm
0: yeah i mean it's yeah. really great with anything that's I, I mean i was playing it in all of my daybreak leona decks because i would you know i'd get my five five on the board and they would want to trade with a 5-5, five, five, and I could get this on it. Now I'm a 6-7 with Overwhelm, so you can't really chump block me. And I'm going to eat your 5-5, five, five, and I have another Zenith Blade enhanced so I can chain stuns, you know, with two of them in a round. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I've been a fan of Zenith Blade since the day that I got my hands on it. Um, this is a deck I'm really excited to play. Uh, Silver, what do you like the most about this Lee Sin Taric deck?
1: Of course, it's getting the combo off and just knowing that your opponent can't do anything about it. Just playing Jim, 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 Jim when you already have the Zenith Blade on and then grabbing their thing and then them not being able to do anything about it, assuming that they don't have Hush. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Of course, you know, there's technically other things like Will and stuff too, but, you know, no one's playing Ionia right now unless they're playing Lee Sin. So (laughs) it's just a lot of fun to get the combo off. It's so satisfying.
0: Yeah, I am yeah. really excited. This is the I just haven't crafted Tarix yet, right? Because I'm trying to show restraint um and not craft everything in the first week or whatever. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, <laughs> but I really want to try this lease Sin deck because I have the lease in board and it makes me really want a good lease in deck. I haven't had one yet. Um, so
2: okay. It, so it, go it ahead. definitely it definitely is, I think, the most like stimulating deck to play of all the ones I've tried so far with this expansion. Like it's a very, it's a little bit thinky, but like it's also just really. Even when you lose, you feel like it's not the end of the world. You're like, I still got to do some cool stuff along the way. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm gonna I go like ahead and one. say though too, I personally feel like this deck, like they have it in their meta tier list, and I've played it quite a bit. And I know people have gotten like masters and stuff with it, but it it still feels like a gimmick to me. I just I have a hard time believing it's going to last. But I think a lot of the reason that it does is that ionia excluding elusives isn't really that great right now and so like people aren't playing palm and will of ionia or splashing it that much and mm-hmm. then targon not having interaction outside of hush i think is why this deck is overperforming a bit for that reason but it will be interesting to see if that continues or not but right now i personally still feel like it's a gimmick even though i love it
2: yeah i i, I think when are not so like when i played this um I remember, like, the issue being if you don't hit those one drops, um, because you've got a decent amount, of, like, some you got some buffs and stuff, but, but like transferring into getting the expensive kind of setup plays with like Tarek and Lee Sen, um, like you you have to have a creature to go with Tarek, and Lee Sen is a six drop, you have to have time to play him, um, and there is healing, but if it, if you don't get Eye of the Dragon down. Like, if you can't find an Eye of the Dragon, it can be really hard to survive aggro.
1: Yeah, I actually added a Star Shaping in mine, which is probably incorrect, but I wanted to do it just to play it on Tarek, like, one time. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it did save me against aggro a few times. I don't necessarily believe that's the right way to play it, but I did enjoy it. (laughs) I think Star Shaping is just a broken card.
2: Now, could you see this being more of, like, potentially a tournament list or something like that something that when you you, have
1: bands for ionia Mm -hmm. heck yeah yeah or targon or whatever you need to do
0: Hmm. well i'm definitely gonna give it a try
1: than a ladder in a lot of ways yeah Mm
0: mm-hmm okay so so here here's the final question on the meta list from our resident meta expert um so my my question is it it's a big one but th- but that's okay um so the first week it was like everyone's like aurelian soul leona nerf them they're they're so powerful it's way over tuned and then you know like week two we're seeing uh, some very familiar decks come back we have uh you know nf scouts we talked about uh tempo endure we have ash sejuani tf uh, swain some decks that came back so my question for you is this um if uh, silver is what deck are we not seeing represented that you think will see a significant resurgence one and the second question is out of all of the Targon decks that we've seen so far, which one do you think has the best chance at sticking around at the top of the meta?
1: Wow, those are some very tough questions. Decks that we haven't been seeing that often that I expect.
0: I mean, you could say wow. you could say tempo endure. That's fair cuz it's not on this I'm list. i am
1: just say endure, I think endure is going to be I mean, I haven't personally haven't seen much Ash Sage wanting around. I still think that deck is great though. And I think the Swain TF, too. Like, I see that one quite a bit. I think that one's not going anywhere. I think we are going to be seeing Riptide Rex on the ladder more and more frequently because that card is kind of unstoppable right now. Its tempo is just insane, and it really is a great, you know, game ender. It's Swain, Leviathan, stuff, too. Uh, So it's really hard. I feel like the direction the meta is going in right now is generally going to be the stronger things. I do think um, aggro... I think there's space for aggro that isn't being explored right now. Uh, although aggro didn't really get any insane tools outside of Poryo Cannon, I think is a pretty nuts tool. I think it's a bit underexplored. Oh, Lulu too. I feel like we'll see some of these Demacia, Lulu decks, and maybe Demacia, Tarek or something come out more. I think like mixing Demacia with the strong uh, sun, uh, sorry, the Daybreak decks. hmm and uh, I remember that it took people a really long time. This is something that from Tesla, like I knew was going to be really good was Jagged Butcher. Like, yeah, people thought it was going to be good, but it started getting splashed into everything because it's a one mana three, three in a lot of cases. And I think Solari Shield Bear or yeah Solari Soldier will have a similar impact where it's getting splashed in more and more decks. Like we already see it, of course, like in the um, Diana Nocturne deck and we're seeing it in the control as well. Uh, as I said earlier, stats on curve in this game is still very good, where stats, I mean, there's synergies too, of course, but the stats on curve are still very good. So 1 minute three threes are extreme, and even if it is just for one turn, it's, you know, fearsome blocker, all that good stuff. So I would say that we're going to keep getting aggro better. I feel like uh, SI aggro has a huge spot. Uh, right now, it's in the form of Endure Finisher, but there could just be other finishers that we find instead. But mm-hmm. Stalking Shadows too, I think that card is going to also potentially take over different things like Stalking Shadows plus Riftide Rex. Uh, just being able to play Riftide Rex even more consistently, I think might have its place as well.
0: Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. That is mm-hmm. would be really strong. Okay, so what's the one target deck that you think will stick around?
1: I, I think the mid-range Leona list. I think the Daybreak list for sure. Yeah. Uh, just, I think early in Soul and Leona, I do think that one's a bit overrated right now. Trundle Asol, we'll see like here and there. I I don't think it's going to just like disappear off the you know off the world or anything. But I think we will see the mid range Daybreak list to go against the Swain list. One of the issues with it is that it does have a little bit harder time in games where like Leviathan, when it's played, is pretty hard to deal with. Uh, with you know sunburst doesn't really deal with it and we have the obliterate cards from early in soul but assuming that that is played less in the future it's hard to deal with leviathan where it is a little bit hard for the daybreak cards to really have the same finisher where we're like ravoon can add a lot of you know value at times but just isn't that same oh i need to kill that thing or else i'm losing with the swain leviathan but that if all decks to stay around i think uh i think dbn's daybreak is going to be here to stay at least maybe paired with other things such as like radiant guardian and demacia and stuff too
0: yeah there's definitely some stuff that's being left unexplored yet i appreciate that dbn i know that i agree with that i kind of feel like i you know i heard some some uh some some noises of agreement from you I, I it sounds like you're you feel pretty strongly that this Leona deck is going to be the mid-range Leona is going to be the one that ends up sticking around most likely.
2: Yeah. And I think it's because Leo, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think the daybreak package can pair with a bunch of different things and it's good on its own. And because it's able to both secure, you know, the early game pretty well, it curves out very strongly, but you can also under curve the shield bear and the soldier like on future turns and they, they can hold up at least for that turn to buy you time um, I mean, really the Solari Soldier can be a three drop on turn one, two, or three. <laughs> That's um, true. And so, like, just for that turn, sure. But I mean, if you're playing, if they drop their Averos and Trapper and you play your Solari Soldier, they're not going to attack because your one drop will trade with their three drop and you just bank two spell mana for later. Um, so the the point being, yeah, no, I think I think daybreak's gonna be really good for a long time. It's just going to be about finding a good, you know, the best ideal pairings with it. I've toyed around with it with Swain. It was, it was decent, needs some refinement. Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah. Um, I also think Invoke is going to be somewhere. I don't necessarily think it's going to be ASOL. I don't necessarily think it's going to be, although it might be, um, but I just think the toolboxing and generating that many resources. It's it's gonna be somewhere.
1: I and, think it, it's in your Leona deck still. I think you know, we have the Solari Shield Bearer and some Lustran and Lenari priests as well. I think you might just throw in star shaping and get that seven mana cost as forget yeah. the nine mana elusive, and that's your ender against the Swain List, for example. I think I could definitely see something like that. Like I said, I think Star Shaping's just a broken card, so I feel like running yeah, it agree. in it's... any kind of like Targon deck that I can, <laughs> even if it doesn't necessarily fit like in the Tark deck. But mm-hmm. like Leona, um, I think I Leona's even... going to go with something. It just it needs a little bit stronger game ender, and you know someone's going to add that at one point. It's even interesting the the idea of just adding a Farron or something in it with <laughs> Leona's uh, stuns, but. Right. There's well, going to be something, but I think that deck is really strong when I played it, and uh, I the invokes in it help the game go a little bit longer too, where you can get the game ending things that you need.
2: I was even looking at Trindomir as a potential replacement for Aurelian Soul in that list specifically, without like changing much. Um, just be, the the breakthrough being able to come down and push some damage, but also like the, the, the stickiness of Trindemir against things like Riptide Rex and whatnot.
1: I think I would run things like Zenith Blade with a higher cost card instead of Turn to Mirror. Turn to Mirror just uh, gets dealt with really easy with a lot of different cards. I think is one of his issues, especially
0: sure with all the new Obliterate that's out there. Yeah, and yeah, Truth Obliterate.
1: Uh, you know, Sunburst just kind of destroys it and things like that. Um, yeah. I that that's think true. Trindamere a lot of was... a
2: lot of answers to Trendomir did just come out.
1: <laughs> yeah, Trendomir was already sad and just got even I, I, more I sad. Have
2: a, I am such a sucker for Trendomir. Like I I've won so many games dropping him. I used to play like a one of, uh, of Trindamere at the top end of a frailyord heavy list, and like it won me a shit ton of games, um, because I guess people just like you know he's sticky, and he has breakthrough and breakthrough's strong. Uh, but you're right. a lot of answers did just come out, which is a little sad because it its just kind of like weirdly he, weirdly like Aurelian soul is gonna be a control thing. Chennamir is not gonna help you control nothing on turn eight <laughs> yeah. definitely true there's well, definitely also oh. the the potential to pair leona with like Riptide Rex, you know, play yep. some bilgewater in there um yeah just play Reptide Rex as your finisher with Leona.
1: Yeah, yeah the change to Ural Grifter will be <laughs> interesting. I'm wondering if it'll be something where it doesn't generate Warning Shot anymore to try to weaken uh, Reptide Rex, and it has some different kind of uh, ability when it's summoned. Well, I expect something with that, where they're yeah. going to try to make Reptide Rex a bit less potent without... Uh, no, Instead of directly hitting Reptide Rex, maybe looking at the Activators instead. Because even right. Rips, if you make him a six four, he's not any worse. <laughs> like
2: he no, you he know, can't mess with the stats. I mean, you, you could bump his attack way down, maybe, but it's
0: still the the strength is a yeah, either...
1: five four and he'd be good. So. He'd
0: still be good, yeah. Yeah, he would be. Yeah, because that's what you're looking for his ability. But I tell you what, I think it's time that we move on to our champion spotlight and talk about the cosmic dragon himself. Honestly, who loses with a space dragon on their side? Okay, guys, tonight we are looking at uh for our champion spotlight, which is what we kind of do when the new expansion comes out by by what we kind of do. I mean we did it once before, so now we're doing it again. Um we each week we sort of spotlight and talk about a specific champion. We've already talked a lot about Aurelian Soul, the cosmic dragon, but we're gonna talk about him in a little bit more detail and kind of like where we see him ending up so really in soul let me go over him real quick he is a 10 mana 10 10 he's our first 10 mana champion that has uh what is it is it ferocious what is it what's the name of it fury 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 and spell shield so he comes down of course when he kills something he gets a plus one plus one and the first spell or ability or skill that targets him will be nullified he has play invoke a celestial card that costs seven or more so you play him he's going to put a celestial card randomly that costs seven or more you're uh, you're not going to oh no you're going to be able to invoke at first you're going to be able to choose the one at first because it's invoking and then at the round start it's going to create a random celestial card in hand and that one doesn't necessarily cost seven or more at the end of your round if you have 20 or more total power now keep in mind a really soul automatically makes up half of that so he's immediately 10 of that power so if you have 10 additional power on your board or you've pumped up aurelian soul a couple of times he is going to level up and aurelian soul is going to become the 10 mana 11 11 um, with the same abilities but now uh, not only is he going to create celestial cards in your hand at the beginning of every round but he is going to make every celestial card in your hand cost zero so now you can play all of the crazy cosmic dragon cosmic beast super spells everything for free from your hand um and so that's the leveled up aurelian soul um let's start with silver silver tell us what you think about aurelian soul i know you said already you think he's a little bit overrated is he easy to level up hard to level up what's the best place to play him in uh you know just overall what do you think about aureliant soul cosmic dragon
1: uh i first off wanted to say that i like him a lot i like his design and i think he is like the perfect like i think that they nailed his design as far as making a timmy card something that's you know really big and you know powerful when you play it and feels good when you play it without making it where it's something where it's um it's just you know this rng fiesta so i feel like they just absolutely nailed this design where it's really, it's it's perfect in that way, where it's um, not too swingy, where I think a lot of people see it as swingy, but oftentimes, like I said, if you can play a 10 mana, 10, 10, that technically does nothing, you know, yes, it makes a Celestial, but it's not impacting the board anyway, you know, it's not freezing something, stunning something, or anything, or removing anything that the game's already over, so I like his design a lot, where I feel like it fits a really great niche in this game that we didn't have before. Um leveling him up i mean usually when you're playing him you've you're already in a pretty good spot with the exception of the mirror it might be a little bit different so generally he's been pretty easy to level up i mean you usually have something like trundle next to him plus he, you know either tarkaz or some other like uh the infinite mind splitter dragon you have something so his level up usually isn't too hard and if you don't get it right away it's usually in like one or two turns after you end up leveling him up and once you level him up it usually is that is the game usually because the celestials and he is a bit hard to remove because of the spell shield Uh, that's something I don't think he's a to me he's not something that should be nerfed if you were to nerf him I'd probably make his spell shield go away and make celestials cost like two or something like that instead of zero but I personally don't believe that it's necessary at least not at this time so yeah, I think I think it's a really cool card. I think Ride absolutely nailed the design for this and I'm really happy with it.
0: They definitely nailed the level up animation.
1: Oh, that was it's so good. All the particles too for when he goes into the little portal. It just, I watch it every time. It's like I see just new things in it. Oh, I love it.
0: Yeah, it's done really well. DBN, what's your thoughts on uh, really? I mean, it's its so funny because we're doing the Champion Spotlight, but we have literally talked mm-hmm. about Aurelian Soul a lot tonight already. Um, But tell sure. me what your thoughts are on Aurelian Soul.
2: Yeah, you know, um I think it's, it's a cool card. Yeah, for sure. It's a cool card. Um, but I, I, just from the practical standpoint, and I mean, everything so few says I agree with. I mean, it's a it's a cool design. They did a good job designing, a, you know, like a Timmy card, but one that has kind of some decision making in it involved. You know, something that's not like obviously broken or anything. Um... Oh,
0: God bless you! God Excuse bless me. you again.
2: Yes, yes. Well, I sneeze at the thought of playing Aurelian Soul. On turn ten, uh, because I, I there's better ways to win the game late, and because he levels up on round end as opposed to like when he comes down, you don't get that instant impact that say like a Nautilus, you know. At the end of, I mean, I guess it's similar vibe to Nautilus. Yeah, that's kind of where I would compare it, if anything. Um, and Nautilus comes down sooner. You know, if, if you don't, if for some reason your board is cleared, playing and Soul doesn't really threaten them uh, for lethal because it doesn't have Overwhelm, kind of like Nautilus. Um, I do like the spell shield on it a lot. I think that if it didn't have spell shield, this would just be super terrible. Like but I mean, incredible. we, yeah, <laughs> really? we talked, we talked about this already, but the idea that, um, you really need to build around getting them out early, like with Ramp. But Ramp inherently has issues when it comes to dealing with aggro, which is obviously one of like the, the pillar archetypes. I mean, just just big arc, you know, just, just one of the big, uh, you know, three, sure, right. I mean, so I guess from a power standpoint, Aurelian Soul to me is like. It's going it's to have to be in a deck where it's just extremely refined so that it works like clockwork for it to really shine. Otherwise, I think just putting it in decks, like with this Leona one, Aurelian soul, yeah, every once in a while it might pull something out of the bag for you. Like, it might just win a game for you uh, that you might not have won otherwise. But how many games is it going to cost you uh, by not being something that's a little easier to play and something that has a bigger immediate impact? Um, so, yeah, Aurelian Soul for me is like neat, but
0: uh, I'm gonna most of the time I feel like I'm gonna pass. So I found one thing that's interesting is I have frequently discarded Aurelian Soul for the one mana one one that draws a, a zero through three celestial. It's like, oh, I'm in a bad situation here. Aurelian Soul is getting discarded for a, it's like, it's like silly, right? Like, like this, this little seer can toss Aurelian Soul out of the game and get this like cheap goat. Star creature, um. Instead, yeah. uh, is kind of kind of funny, kind of funny to me. Like the cosmic dragon gets tossed. Um. So, uh, so I think what they did with Aurelian Soul is, is is very interesting in the fact that they took a card that you're right is kind of like that, and we've talked about like the the Timmy and, and Johnny type of cards, and Spike type of cards before. But they they took that and, um, but they didn't make it terrible, right? Like so 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 often, I think what happens in games is especially card games. Players who are new to a card game, they come in and they see the big dragon, they see the big card, they see the huge effect and they're like, I want to do that. That's insane. Um, I kind of think about, uh, you know, in Magic the Gathering, there's a ton of those, a ton of those type of cards. Um, But the one that sort of sticks out to me was a card called Platinum Angel, which is a seven mana five five artifact angel that said you can't lose the game and your opponent cannot win the game. Um, And it was always kind of a trap um, because it wasn't didn't really impact the game very much outside of not winning or losing. And your opponent would just remove it and then would have won anyway because they dropped you below your hit points. Um, for the game, and and that I, it, it has nothing. It's not at all like that card, but the concept is kind of it's kind of like the concept, right? That like the the new players are drawn to this card because it's exciting, but it ends up just not being good. And I think what they did was they made Aurelian Soul powerful enough that the new players who are coming to the game can see him and get excited. They could buy the starter deck and get two copies of him and be like, "This is super super cool," and they can actually win games with him. He's not total trash, but he's probably not going to be meta-defining, which is good. Like, there will be a deck that runs him, and I think he finds his best home with Trundle. But a lot of that is because getting Trundle out early is incredible. Um, it it's might not even have anything to do with getting Aurelian Soul out a couple turns early. As much as it is getting Trundle out one turn early is very, very strong and really just takes control of the board in a really powerful way. Um, mm-hmm. And Aurelian Soul is a good top end in that deck because it doesn't have a great way to finish out, and, and Aurelian Soul can finish out the game. And you're right, Silver. If you level up Aurelian Soul, you've pretty much won the game. And I think that the fact that that happens um is a good thing for people because they're coming into the game, they're new to the game, they see really in soul, they buy the starter deck and they're not left with what they thought was going to be really good but really just loses to everything that's tempo and aggro. Um, it will lose to a lot of tempo and aggro, but not all of it because it is uh, the, the the diversity of the cards are good enough um that I think that, you know, the it's probably going to be a tier 2 tier 3 deck which I think is a good place for it.
1: I think that, yeah, I think Riot did just an amazing job on this for that reason, where it fits the spot exactly where it needs to, but it's not just overwhelming where it's just too good and it's just, oh, now we just have all these Aurelian soul battles on the ladder of who can play the most greed and stuff like that. Like, we saw that in Tesla quite a bit, where if, uh, you know, for some reason Agra got pushed out or the mid range did, and we would just see these greed battles and the games would take forever and uh, sure, uh mean different people find those fun which is fine but generally for the average player base people want to be able to move on to the next game play the next game cuz it sucks when you lose those games it's much better if you level up a in soul and you know the game's pretty much over and then you can move on to the next one and try to do it again rather than sitting there for 45 minutes having no idea what's going on, each of you top-decking, and then, oh, I top-decked the better card and you top-decked uh, one drop, so I guess I won. And that's generally not something people like. So I think they I think they did a great job with this card. We're making it it's a game-ender, but it's not over the top. It doesn't come out too early. It comes out at what feels like a pretty solid time, and you still have a chance to react to it before it, in quotations, ends the game. There's something you can do about it.
0: Yeah, and it's hard to do something about it, which is good because it's the 10 mana investment, right? It's waiting till turn ten. Yeah. It's the 10 mana investment. It should not be easy to get rid of. Um, but I've noticed just like little little things. Like it doesn't have overwhelm, right? Like even if yeah. it had overwhelm, even if aurelian soul had overwhelm, it, it might would be, be much
1: more powerful. It
0: would be a lot more powerful. If aurelian soul leveled up at any point that you had 20 or more power on board, it would be broken. Like, I, I really think that. Like, I think it could be really oppressive if you didn't have to wait till the end of your turn. Yeah. Uh, something I, mean, I like maybe... about
1: the round of it, too, is just how you can buff it, and then it does something, too. So, like, you can decide, do I want to play peel pa- Cascade to try to level it up? I don't know if it would be broken, though, if you can play it on 20. I
2: don't... Yeah, I don't, I don't think... I don't think it'd be broken because if you have 20 plus total power, I mean, obviously, Aurelian Soul counts itself for 10. Mm-hmm. You're already um, winning. You're already winning. And because, because like, think about that, like, at, from a perspective of like, A, you have to have that the creatures already on board on turn 10 or later. B, you have to have Soul in hand. C, you have to have Celestials in hand that you haven't already played that are worth playing and space on the board to play them to get value out of them. Um, I, I mean, I'm not saying it, it would definitely be a huge buff. Um, but that might make me want to play soul because right now i don't want to
1: be worried about being able to play turn 10 early in soul and then finding the nine nine elusive dragon and being able to play that right away oh yeah
2: i i I think that would be where i see if i if this was me designing early in soul and i i they don't pay me the big bucks they pay the people who design it the big bucks but i would actually switch it i would be like round start uh, invoke a celestial cost seven or more, and then level up would be um, when I see that you have twenty plus total power on board, I level up. That's how I would have designed it. And then from then on, once it's leveled up, then you'll get a card kind of like um, uh, and it already has the round start, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. So just I I just would have changed it that way so it's easier to level up, but you don't get that instant seven or more. You know.
1: I like it the way it is right now. But yeah, you would have to change that for sure. If, uh, yeah. You'd have to change the seven or more if it was uh, level up as soon as there is 20 attack on the board for sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah. But I I think that would be a bit toxic too just because this game is so much about interaction and being able to have a chance to do something against what your opponent is doing. So if you were to play early in Soul when it is such a powerful card, uh, in the right circumstances and then it just levels up right away, that'd feel pretty demoralizing as the player would be like, but you know, I had this vengeance and I was gonna remove that, you know, that eight eight dragon that they played last turn, you know? <laughs> it, it would yeah. just feel a bit bad.
2: I mean yeah, I mean the spell shield in many ways kind of means that anyways. Well what you were know I mean? saying but
1: you'd be able to remove the dragon then they would play really in soul and then it wouldn't level up right away.
2: I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. I you know I mean, there is less room for counterplay there.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying is that if you were to make it level up as soon as it happens, then it would. I think it would demoralize players in that way.
0: Mm-hmm. I I think that uh, like I think we came across something like super super interesting with Aurelian Soul, um, and that is that like it's it's very clear, which is actually a piece of news that that came out I think this past week. There was like a, a tweet. Twitter, Twitter Twitter conversation um, I'm not a boomer I promise I don't say Twitter um, yeah, it's
2: cute you trying to figure out yeah Twitter. what Twitter <laughs> is
0: uh, thanks DBN um, anyway <laughs> uh, where they kind of like kind of like said like hey we are taking like we're working on stuff that's like two years out. Um, And so I think Aurelian Soul is a really great example. There was a tremendous amount to balance with this card. All the Celestials that came around it, the Celestials that it could generate when it came down, the abilities that it had printed on it, its level up, like PowerPoint and all that stuff. Um, they really found quite a sweet spot for this where it feels like it's not garbage and it's not just a Timmy card, and at the same time, it's not oppressive. Because if a card like this became oppressive, it could really kill the game for people.
1: Oh, for sure. And I think, yeah, I think Riot's balance for this set is incredible. It is absolutely incredible. Sure, I have my gripes about, like, you know, the design of Hush, and I think stalking shadows might be a little bit too good. But it's fun when the cards are a little bit too good, with the exception of Hush, because that kind of, you know, stops you from playing some fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's but a no like, fun since, card. Yeah. Like when it's an average or like, you know, somewhat fun card that's a little bit too good. Like you could say stalking shadows, for instance. I would consider mm-hmm. that on the maybe a little bit too good. Maybe it should be a three cost or look at three instead of look at four. But um it's fun to have a little bit broken cards depending on the card like I didn't think grizzled ranger was a very fun card to be broken I don't think anyone really thought that was a fun card no. to have be on the broken side but uh, for what they've done there's the meta's still very diverse right now there's so much to explore I don't think yeah. we're even close to figuring out the best decks I mean, we have so many toys to play with and overall it's balanced really quite well it's really impressive actually
0: yeah yeah, I agree. Okay, any final thoughts on Aurelian Soul before we work our way out of here?
1: I don't think I have any. Um, it'll be interesting to see how long he lasts in the meta. That's how I'm going to phrase it, because I think his play rate will go down as soon as the uh, excitement wears off of it.
2: Yep. Mm. Do you think uh, The Skies Descend ever becomes viable?
1: I've been playing the mono, or not mono dragons, but dragon decks, they're not as bad as I would have thought they were. There might be some cases where if we have a very mid-range meta, some of the dragons can do pretty well against that. Like, infinite is very good against mid-range, from what I can tell, Mm -hmm. as well as uh, judgment can be very good against mid-range decks as well. It's hard to say. (laughs) Uh, I mean, there could be a place, but hmm. it would depend.
2: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Especially since like unlike Tesla, uh, you can't go above that max you ge- mana gems. Yep. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that makes was a Tesla card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not. It's
2: not. yeah, that, that's Luckily. good. It's, it's good that it's not. It's good that it's um, not.
1: It's good that it's
2: not. I'll tell you what, um, I guess one thing I, I want to I guess say to our listenership um i think that there's a lot of people that and i saw this exact same situation in bilgewater and i i I completely understand what's coming from um it is going to be hard to adjust to all of these new cards and and it is super overwhelming to figure out what's good what's not good and really more importantly when it comes to the actual win rates why is it good and how do i stop it And that's going to take time to adjust to. And in that time, it's going to be really easy to tilt. It's going to be really easy to be like, what the heck, this thing is busted. And I guess I'm here to say, I hear you. Uh, And something might be busted. But guys, try to have fun. Try to have fun with the new stuff and not worry about the win-loss column just yet. That's just, that's all I want to say. A lot of stuff has yet to pan out. A lot of stuff. Yeah. And, 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 and those decks that currently piss you off because, you, you know, whether you want to admit it or not, haven't quite learned how to play against them, don't quite know what's good against them, what to mulligan for, you know, how much mana to hold back. Those things will come in time. And the more popular they become, the more you'll pick up on those things, the more you'll be prepared the next time you queue into it. So, um, I get that, and I can I can get that way in expansions in some games, and and Runeterra I've really just had to take that step back and say, hey, I'm not worried about these wins, loss and, and it's made me enjoy this set in Bilgewater so much more than sometimes other sets and other games where I, I felt that pressure to instantly, you know, perform and have all those wins and and whatever. It it's just takes time, and uh, just try to enjoy it because this uh, this new card hype uh, is going to fade in a week or two and
0: you know you're going to want to make the boast of it while it's here yeah enjoy the wild west the wild west mm. of a new expansion yep okay guys let's work on getting out of here I did promise uh, with our seven part uh, champion spotlight that I would also do a seven part closing thought so let's jump into our closing thought and I thought I was already perfect <laughs> Okay, guys, so the closing thought this week comes to us from a book. It is from a Christian author, um, but the book has a lot more to do just with, like, the psychology of relationships than anything else. It's called Keep Your Love On It. It's by a guy named Danny Silk, and in the first handful of chapters, he outlines seven pillars of healthy relationships, and we're going to tick them off one by one in really short closing thoughts. The first one is love. If there's people in your life that you care for, if there's people in your life that you love, Make sure that you express that to them. A young man called me the other day who I had invested time and energy into uh, when he was in high school, um, and uh, it just didn't seem like that relationship ended up going the way I had hoped it went at one point. He called me up uh, to let me know that after several years of being out of high school, he was going to college. He was participating in his classes to the full extent that he could, and part of that was to to my influence in pouring into his life while he was in high school. Um, That expression of love from him to me to think intentionally about the people who have impacted his life and then to call those individuals and thank them meant an enormous amount to me when I was going through a difficult time, had a bad week, had some relationships that just didn't pan out and didn't work out the way that I thought they were going to. Um, and uh, and came to an, uh, an unfortunate end um, for some of the relationships. It, it was really hurtful. And so this kid expressing uh, care and the fact that uh, and his love for me made a huge difference. And so I made sure that I did that for my own family and for some of the people who had positive impacts in my own life. Um, There's not enough of that going around in our world and in our culture right now. So do not forget amongst all the things there is to be angry, fearful, worried about whatever it is that's going on in your life. There's a tremendous amount going on in our world. Do not forget that one of the most powerful forces in our world um, is the love that you share between you and the other people that you have relationships with, whether that be a significant other, a family member, or just a close friend. Make sure you go out of your way to express to somebody um, that you care for them, that you love them, and that you appreciate them, um, it uh, it makes an enormous difference in people's lives. So that's my closing thought for this week. Find somebody, tell them that you love them. That's not that's not too pushy, is it, guys? Not at all. Not at all. Advice we can
2: all, uh, I think, take to heart for sure, man. Awesome. Sometimes people. Sometimes it's tough because you expect people to like to know you know you "You should know this you know but uh you know it's some people don't like some people communicate well and and want to like uh show their love by doing things and you know or by spending time together but sometimes people just want to hear it uh and so it never hurts to to vocalize so that's for sure
0: dbn expresses his love for me By playing games of Scouts while we're recording the podcast. It's true. That's exactly how (laughs) how he does it. Uh, Well, let's get out of here. Silver Fuse. um, Tell the listeners how they can find you and your content and find your your big blown up YouTube stuff.
1: (laughs) Well, you can find me on YouTube. It's just Silver Fuse. Same thing with my Twitch. YouTube's posted daily, typically at night around like uh, between 6 and 10 CST. And then Twitch, I stream trying to work on doing like two to six during the day. It doesn't always happen. And I often end up doing late night streams instead. But I'm working on trying to get more toward a day schedule.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So make sure you check out Silverfuse. You'll be able to find a link uh, to Silverfuse's YouTube channel and her Twitch channel in the description of this episode. Make sure you come over. The last thing I'll just say... Uh, is come out uh, tonight this is coming out friday come out tonight friday night 10 p.m est for the final match of season one of the legends cast discord league watch me facing off against static sheep with dbn um live streaming my live stream and uh and and and, <laughs> yeah. and doing a little bit of uh doing a little bit of casting for it come on out and hang out with us um we'll make sure to you know try to make a little bit of an evening of it um and play those play those three matches we're really excited for that so make sure you check that out you can find dbn's uh twitch stream info um here in uh the description of the episode join the discord and come be part of our community we have a really incredible warm welcoming and inclusive community over on discord and we would love to have you come and hang out with us there. There's even, I think, one or two tabletop RPG groups that are forming um, uh, right now in our Discord. And I think one of them is actually Runeterra-based. Um, and so mm-hmm. if you're interested in in joining, you know, talking about really anything nerdy, we're doing it over there in the Legends Cast Discord. And it's a really great place where a bunch of people who are kind of interested in the same thing um, have slowly become more and more like a digital family. And so we would love to have you come over and hang out with us uh that's gonna do it for this episode of legends cast thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us and be sure to come back again next week thanks for listening to legends cast this episode was made possible by listeners like you if you want to become a supporter of the show visit patreon.com legendscast or leave a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts